everyone to another episode of Truly Twinning. We are so excited to have Mary as our guest today. And Sam, do you want to introduce Mary? Yeah, so Mary, we're super excited to have you and hear a little bit more about the business that you're working to grow. And I know as we've talked about, you feel like, you know, you're in the the growing phases, the teen phase, as you said, the first time we connected, um, we were doing a really cool thing for, for the teenage community and teen girls with the app that you're developing. So would love for you to, you know, introduce yourself and share a little bit more about that with our audience. Thank you both for having me. I loved when we first connected. I was like, I can't wait. I think this one's going to be really fun. And uh, that's not always the case, but you guys have created so much and I'm inspired by what you're doing. So I feel honored to be even sitting here talking about what I'm trying to do. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty much non-negotiable at this stage. Um, My husband just now, he was like, God, I hope this works for you. You're spending so much time and energy and heart on this. Literally, like right before I hopped on, I was like, it's going to, I swear it's going to. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So I spent my entire career in natural foods, um, but the most important thing for me in those big leadership roles from running a grocery store to running a few different beverage brands was that I loved the leadership side of it. And I loved what I now realize is mentoring young humans and especially young women. Um, So really flash forward to right now, I'm starting something that I am starting from complete scratch and it can be terrifying most times, but for the most part, I feel a lot of knowing like what we've tapped into a tiny bit already And it's a gamified life skills mobile app for teenage girls. So that sounds like a a mouthful, but essentially we're trying to support young women in finding internal resources earlier on so that we can, I like to say it's like, can we soften the roller coaster that it is being a teenager and beyond? We're not going to absolve the sometimes and oftentimes trauma that I think experience uh, that the teenage experience is. But can I make it so that the peaks and valleys are a little bit closer together and it's that in this way, teenagers are able to find some internal knowing. Um, It's called the Element Collective. So we talk a lot about what does it feel like to be in your element? And we think that you can do that through finding mentors, access to mentors, access to intentional life skills and other ways to start to try things on for size and get back to your original nature because teenagers are really confusing. And I think we've had so much things around us that have told us we are a certain way, especially with social media. Yeah. And we want, we want them to be able to feel equipped to say I'm this way. Yeah. I think for Sam, you'd probably agree. Like we were 88 babies. And so Same. I think that, <laughs> so we're truly tripleting today. Uh, (laughs) we're triplets when is your birthday side note we're leo's august 5th i'm a libra i just i'm in my season right now i was gonna so like for all of us we didn't grow up with instagram like say i remember we got facebook our senior year of high school and it was like the new thing so now i think (laughs) teenagers more than ever need 
a larger support system because there's so much happening on social media and it's really out of everyone's control. Like how can you manage it unless your kid just doesn't have it, which that's almost impossible. Teenage. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just the amount of excessive um, input that we're getting, I think at all the time, it's overwhelming. I mean, I felt overwhelmed by just feedback from my small community and, and where I felt judged, even if that wasn't the intention, let alone in this social space that's beyond the intimate space, beyond the family, beyond the close-knit community. And I, I don't, I mean, I think that that's a, definitely a big motivating factor. Like we are not a social app. We don't have a desire to be a social app, right. but we do have one of the pieces of the puzzle is we're hoping to motivate them to show up on their social media if they choose to, which mind you, the last 10 teens I've talked to, nine of them are not on social media. And I thought that that was fascinating. Just a side side note. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. We want them to show up intentionally if they are. So it's about sharing the progress that they've made or sharing what they've learned and um, really being this resource for like I said, trying things on for size, but also can we not be this social place so that there's not competition? Cause we don't need more competition as girls and women. Um, but can we still be motivated to understand ourselves better at that age too? Right. I love that. And this is the perfect segue segue because we're touching on some of the questions that I have to get us started. So what actually like what was the fire inside of you that wanted to start this entrepreneurial journey I've had a really hard time calling myself an entrepreneur um you know I feel like it's can be overused and even though I've always been attracted I've only ever worked in the startup space so it's all 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 I know is that I've never had a corporate job I've never I told someone the other day, I was like, I wish I've had, I would have had one job where someone taught me something and I didn't have to figure it out myself. Um, so I, I think that when I really look back to it, there's, there's two things that come up. I didn't really, really realize how much of an entrepreneur my father was until he passed away. And so that's one of the big fuels to my fire is realizing that it kind of just feels like a, a bit of who I am and what I'm, what I'm drawn to. And that knowing came from, you know, two weeks after the pandemic and the shutdown, my dad died unexpectedly, totally suddenly. And that was really pivotal for me because uh, grief during a pandemic is, is one thing. I had never had grief to that caliber to begin with. So it was, it's all I've ever known truly. Um, And, and that like, um, he had been working his Oh, sorry. I, did you hear my dog? Is that bad? The dog okay. Is fine. okay. okay. <laughs> um, he had been working his butt off to retire and then died just a year later. So I really felt like, oh my goodness, I need to, um, I don't want that to be my story. And I think that that's not uh, as abnormal. I th- I've heard that a few times and, and then really experiencing it, it became very visceral for me. And then the other thing was, was going back to my teen years, like a lot of, so I, I have a son. Um, I'm, I don't have any daughters, but I've always felt like I was supposed to have daughters. Like, and I've, I've really created that in my work to date. And now it feels like the epitome of doing the work that is like simultaneously spiritual and healing for me, as it is hopefully healing and supportive of that generation as well. Wow. 
That's thanks for sharing that. That's real. And I agree. I think when in some ways, like there's a huge transition in your life, whatever it may be, I can totally see how it opens your eyes to like a new, a new path you want to now explore because of this very transitional phase, which clearly was out of grief. So that's yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think a lot of times it's like they come from, so grief was motivating for me. And honestly, like the anger that I felt in my teen years was motivating. And so, um, both of them come from two very different emotions, but it's like the fire and the water. And we talk about elements a lot too. So I always kind of bring it there, but there's this purity and this grief, um, motivator. And then there's this like sort of I will do whatever it takes in this fire and anger motivator. And they both serve such a purpose and I love how they balance each other. Yeah. Wow. Very, thank you for sharing that. So talk to us a little bit more about what you did before. I know you said you were always in health and wellness, which totally ties into what you're doing now, but. Yeah. So I got my degree in, um, so I started actually studying business and then I did dietetics for a long time. And I realized like the path with dietetics at the time, at least the school that I went to was really being a registered dietitian at a hospital or an institution where you would mostly be doing math and numbers. And it felt impersonal to me and having, so I um, had just recovered from an eating disorder at the time. And I had had uh, since my teen years. So that was one of the, the things, some, one of the trauma points. And in my early college years, going and studying and learning about dietetics was part of the healing process for me. It was not actually like crunching numbers and pushing numbers and being on a diet. It was like, no, I wanted to understand like what is the essence of food and nourishment. So when it became all about the numbers, I was like, this is just half the story. It felt so wrong to me. And Mm -hmm. I ultimately ended up transferring and getting my degree in psychology of health and healing in Buddhist psychology And I wrote my um, thesis on how your body actually metabolizes, receives food, absorbs food, digests food when you're in a stress state or when you're in a state where you're not creating a relationship with the food, where you're not slowing down. It completely inhibits essentially all of those things. So it was this cool marrying of the conventional schooling that I had done and then the less conventional schooling And ultimately it served my start in natural foods too. So they, they all worked together for sure. Yeah. And I mean, even just with how, like eating healthy as a teenage girl, the pressures that women had before social media were already through the roof, let alone now growing up, that experience must really give you so much like insight and just expertise when you're developing this avenue for teenagers today. Yeah, I mean, it definitely inspired me in, so as a part of going to a Buddhist contemplative school with psychology, um, we would sit and meditate before and at the end of every single class. So um, it was horribly challenging. I'm not gonna lie. Like a lot of people were able to drop in. It was really hard for me, but it, was huge in my own healing. I mean, I was able to literally witness my thoughts, witness my experience, witness my 
relationship to um, the insecurity around it, the anxieties that come up. And that the whole point of that is that you can't actually be of service to others if you don't have a deep awareness of yourself. And I loved that it was just so integrated that like that was part of how we be in class was just as much how much as meditating as it was the actual teachings that we were receiving. Yeah, that is really cool. And that's, I mean, meditating before and after class is almost an education within itself because now you see this is like such a thing that like on TikTok, right? You see everyone's morning rituals, daily routines, and totally having that already in you from an early age is you're so in some respect, you're so fortunate because now I like put my phone on like, so fortunate. Do, not do not disturb because I was like all over the place and super crazy. And now I have friends that manage their stress with like, med- whether it's meditating, no electronics for like the first hour of the morning, whatever it works for you, you just have to do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We do a lot of like one of the um, mini series on the app is all about time management because a lot of the girls are like, we really want help managing our time. We feel like procrastinators all the time or, and the parents want the same thing. They want to support their, their teenagers in that exact same thing. So um, we do, we talk a lot about like, yes, some traditional time management tools of like setting boundaries and time blocking and, and all of those things, but also the unconventional side of like, what does it look like to set boundaries? And what are these little things that you can do? And when does your body tell you that you need to set a boundary? Because I think that otherwise it just starts to build up, build up and build up. I call it pinches and you're getting pinched repeatedly in life and then suddenly you have a massive life change and then that's when you have an awakening my hope is that from this preventative perspective we can start to bring attention to the pinches for them that they can start to recognize what their body's trying to tell them or what their mind is is addressing earlier on yeah yeah so my last question that i'm going to hand it off to sam is what has been your biggest challenge in developing the element collective yeah oh man which one let's see (laughs) Um, (laughs) I think that the biggest challenge is that I'm so so driven to show young women what it looks like to so I've been saying this thing right now that I've just been trying on for size so I'll, I'll say it again now like Right now, unfortunately, working with young women is considered a cause. And we could have gone the nonprofit route. And we've really realized in the last two weeks, like we're really proud to be a for-profit company because we want to make working with teenage girls shift from a cause to a category. And I'm so I think that the challenge is, is that we're in this cause state right now where we're asking for a lot of help and we're asking for free support and donated support and advising and all of the things. And I'm so grateful for that. But at the same time, I want it to be where the teenage girls get to witness that there's so much value behind doing work for, for young women that I get to pay buco bucks for the person that's supporting me and providing education to educate you because you asked to learn more about your cycle and I get to get the best of the best coming on board and I get to pay them for that. So the challenge right now is being a pre-revenue company, 
just leaning into the fact that the cause is the is the fuel right now but i really want it to shift from a cause to a category and i want the girls to see that this is not something that needs to be a nonprofit in order to be something that is substantial yeah yeah that makes sense it's like such a mindset shift i feel like for just the general population to see it as something that's necessary and has a value to it yeah and it's hard to ask for help and so that's why we bring our our advisors and the teen advisors into like as many calls as we can as much as the process that is really ugly and challenging pre-launch so that they can experience the wins and the wins are very very little are they um tangible it's more like you someone sees you they get you and they want to be a part and those are the wins that like you can sink into and so I just want to make sure that they get to see that as a part of the process too yeah yeah so that makes sense um okay so switching gears a little I have a few questions for you just wanted to ask like what keeps you moving forward whether it's like a ritual or just like I know you've talked about it a little bit but like what things help you stay focused on getting this app through launch um, I would say two things. I've been I've been really intentional about putting um, blocks of time in my calendar that are titled "Breathe," um, and whether I do that or not, I actually see it. So I've been trying to make sure that I have space because otherwise, I think when you fill up the space, the thing you're trying to create gets suffocated into something you think it's supposed to be. When really, I there's so much morphing I know that's going to happen. So I am practicing giving myself space in order to give this entity space, this purpose space. And, and I also, I have a wins document. I have to, I mean, anytime I have someone say something that I think reminds me that I'm on path, I, I write it down and I, I have to go back to it sometimes multiple times a day. So that's my way of like only my co-founder Kylie and I know what it's like to be doing this together. We, we joke that it's like our baby. And I think that I'm so passionate about that. There's no such thing as a solopreneur. So we can relate with each other, but also we have to divide and conquer. So I can't lean on her anytime I'm, or every time I'm feeling the low when she's feeling the high. Um, because I don't want to bring her down. Right. So it's like, it's important to have the, the access to something that can get you out of your fear based thinking when you don't have someone else that can do it or support you in it. Right. Exactly. Like everyone needs the support. And I feel like the positive mindset is so crucial. And so having something that you're writing down and going back to on a day or a moment, that's tough. And mm -hmm. plus like you should celebrate every win you have as an entrepreneur or whether it's small or huge or you're crushing your goal for the month or the year or not, like the smallest things matter. So I think that's great. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, for a while there, I was like uh, anxious about the fact that I didn't have a master's degree in any one thing because I just dove immediately into a career when I was 18. And and I realized though, I this is something I say to myself, I was like, this is my master's degree. Like I, I like, I mean, I do have 12 years of a career that I am so yeah. proud of and I've accelerated me through, but also worst case scenario, like when I go to the worst case scenario, cause I think that's healthy too. 
like, this is my master's degree. A lot of people have far more, far more debt and I'm learning something every hour. And like, that's, that's the way I want to live my life. No question is constantly learning. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, so where would you say you see yourself in the next five years, whether it's the business, you and the business, just you? I'll have a nine-year-old then, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Oh my God. Almost a teenager. Uh. <laughs> um, I don't even know what grade that would be, but that's trippy. So I definitely first see my son Sawyer cause he's, he's just everything. And then, uh, My hope is that I would be able to be investing as much energy as I am now, but in a a way that I can have more one-on-one conversations where we feel like we can can walk into a conversation and walk away with like a tangible outcome. So that's the only way I can think of it. I've always thought of like, what's the lifestyle I want and less of like the, the measurables, but I think it'd be healthy to have some tangibles at that stage where I feel like, oh, I know this now that this is the practical outcome with this amount of input. I would love for that feeling and sensation. And I want to uh, be having more space too. I do. I want more space. So it goes back to what I'm planting the seed now, uh, so that it can be hopefully this collective shift where we're really honoring that in which we need so that we can be innovating at this caliber. Yeah. Nope. That makes a lot of sense. I think that's all great. Um, and then last question is just what advice would you give to someone else who is interested in starting their own business? Um, be wary of the people that love your business model um, and be attracted to those that give you what we call feed forward. <laughs> That's um, I love that. I just, I, I've, I've learned so much in those conversations where I walked away feeling the most insecure about the business model mm-hmm. because then I had to figure it out. Um, then I did those that had utmost, I mean, they both, I, they're both great and they're both, both necessary. So it's not even maybe be wary so much as look for those that will be, that will give you that feed forward. Um, and I think that that is just, it speaks volumes because that means that they understand the risk and the passion that you're taking. Yeah. I, sorry, go ahead, Sam. No, I was just saying, I think that that's great. And that's great advice because I think a lot of people sort of get trapped a little bit we can get blinders on I mean I've I've, I get it so often and I just I've I've really loved those moments where I've been and you know like they say like you'll make you'll learn the most when making mistakes but I think it's the same thing where maybe you don't have to make the mistakes if you're telling as many people and as many people as possible that will actually give you um some harsh feedback (laughs) Yeah. yeah like you can just like the whole intention of this app, you can maybe soften the roller coaster of being an entrepreneur also at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. That's really great advice. And I think also trying to surround yourself with like-minded people, like people who are, you know, going through that same roller coaster ride because the relatability with that for me gives me peace of mind. If someone can just listen and understand what I'm going through, like when we're dealing with like a payroll crisis 
totally. Like just any, or like, I remember I was trying to find like a New York City tax ID and it took like days and like a hundred calls. It was just so stupid. <laughs> and no one understood unless you've actually had to do that. <laughs> Yeah. And it's, I swear it's like the little things that we dub stupid yeah. that actually can pull you down so quick yes. because, cause I mean, you're basically having to be, to know a little bit about everything, right? right. A little bit about a lot. And I used to be so insecure about only working in the startup mode. That's what it taught me. It basically yeah. it was like, you, you, I knew a little bit about a lot and then people are always like, well, where are you going to hone in? And then finally <laughs> I was like, oh, I don't have to hone in. Like, I felt like I could breathe finally being like, I don't need to hone right. in. This is a skill. And I don't believe in the whole master of none. What is it? The, that saying anyone I'm horrible at sayings. Me too. Oh, what? too. It's like something of many master of none. And, and, um, and I had a lot of male mentors of mine say that to me often where I felt like I, which was interesting. Cause when I look back, I'm like, well, they were pretty much doing the same thing, but I wasn't allowed. I had to niche down. Yeah. And you can niche down, I think in your like approach or what you're doing or what you're providing the market, but ultimately you don't, I, I found relief in realizing, oh, cool. I can be uh, I can be, I can know a little bit about a lot and that actually will serve me for one time. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, like finding a tax ID thing in New York city or right. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's my niche. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my God. Well, this, thank you so much for coming on and hanging out with us. I think what you're doing is amazing and definitely needed and should be its own category. So we're excited to see you achieve that. I think you're on the right path and you have all the experience to do it. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to, you know, keep talking about it and working out the kinks <laughs> and figuring it out as I go. I mean, this is, this is part of the process. So thank you so much for creating a podcast where people like us get to have these conversations and have that like-minded resource. Thank you. Of course. It was great chatting and we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Be well, Bye. guys. Thank you. Bye.